a lonely house. The cat was black with two white socks and she was washing her ears curled quite happily between the dog's front paws when I got home from work one lunchtime. Again, I checked the windows and doors. Again, they were all locked. But she was a completely normal-sized cat, and though I could find no obvious explanation of how she'd got in, I told myself that cats were, after all, remarkably agile. It was a week later that, without warning, the doors suddenly fell off all the kitchen cupboards. I'd been working outside in the garden and ran inside at the noise. Max sat sheepishly in the doorway, but I couldn't blame him for the mess. I cursed poor workmanship and tried to hammer them back in, and when they fell again, I called the local carpenter. When he arrived, I stopped gardening and made him a cup of tea because he was a very good-looking carpenter. Like me, he was in his early thirties. When he saw what I'd been working at, he said his grandmother, like me, had been interested in herbs, and he recognised some of the more unusual varieties I'd planted. I was impressed. I made him a second cup of tea, rummaged for some biscuits, and snuck a quick glance in the mirror to check I wasn't looking quite as plain as usual. When the cupboards were fixed and we said our goodbyes, he tried to turn the handle on the kitchen door. Nothing happened. He pushed, but the door wouldn't budge. That's strange, I said. I can let you out the back door instead. But the back door wouldn't move either, not even when the carpenter put his shoulder to it and shoved as hard as he could. We tried those doors for two hours. We tried the windows. I promise you, nothing would budge. By the time he took his screwdriver to the hinges and removed the kitchen door itself, we'd run out of things to say. His temper was wearing thin. Any sense of common ground had well and truly vanished about the time he yelled at me to let him out. Two weeks later, the bathroom sink stopped emptying. The plumber arrived. Also attractive, also very good company. Until about three hours into our imprisonment in the bathroom, he grabbed a chair, smashed the window and climbed onto the flat outside roof, then lowered himself down onto the lawn and started moving fast towards his van. At that point, the door that had refused to open suddenly swung ajar. I ran down the stairs in time to see his van disappear fast down the lane. After the chimney sweep was trapped with me for an hour and a half in the bedroom, the vicar came to call. We would so like you to come and join in some of our church activities, he said gently. I replied that I wasn't really a churchgoer, but I would certainly help with village events if they wanted me. Wonderful, he said. It must be quite difficult for you living alone. You don't have any neighbours here and, well, sometimes... I mean, we all have our eccentricities. He stayed for half an hour. A nice man in his early fifties. Married. I held my breath as he walked towards the door, but it opened without a hitch. After he'd gone, I sat in the armchair in front of the fire, with Max at my feet and the cat on my lap, 
and gazed into the flames. Now see what you've done, I said, to no one in particular. They all think I'm some sex-crazed mad woman. And, I added, I think you're more concerned with your own needs than mine. I like my own company, and if I do get together with someone, it'll be because it suits me, not because you want your shelves fixed or your plumbing sorted. There was no reply from the house. I hadn't really expected one. <laughs>